1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's
2: time to talk about all things
1: racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars,
2: and Formula One.
1: This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Saki.
3: Hey, welcome to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure you get out to Great Lakes, Great Lakes Dragway for all the fun and festivities that is Great Lakes Dragway. And uh, uh, two weeks from now is going to be a pretty big deal at Great Lakes Dragway. In fact, we'll be talking to uh, uh, Ray Henning. Uh, Roy's father next week on the Final Inspection Show. We're going to talk about the out-of-sight drags, which are coming uh, Friday and Saturday, June 26th and 27th to the Great Lakes Dragway. What's cool about it, it's all pre-1967 vintage drag racing. Yep. It's the throwback, it's the old rails, the slingshots, you name it, the gassers. Those are the cars i will be running at Great Lakes Dragway. That should be pretty cool. Looking forward to talking to Ray Henning uh, next week on that. And uh, this week of course uh, beautiful weather get yourself out to Great Lakes Dragway and speaking of Great Lakes Dragway a guy that knows it very well Jeff Orlowski the Polish Pipe Bomb how you doing sir oh
0: Steve just uh, made myself a nice Arnold Palmer uh, lit up a Marlboro red sitting in my garage studio (laughs) I
3: am ready to talk (laughs) racing and uh, it should be pretty cool in two weeks uh, with uh, Great Lakes Dragway and the Outer Sight Drag, so it should be pretty cool. And, uh, oh, yeah,
0: those cars are, are awesome to look at. and even better to watch tear down that track. That's uh, that's good stuff, man. That, that's a fun weekend right there.
3: And uh, we'll have Roy, or Ray on, I should say, the patriarch of the Henning family. And uh, he was part of the, the group that took over for Broadway Bob back in the day. And, uh, it, I'll be looking forward to that. So chatting with them. And if there's a guy who knows about, uh, old style, old school drag racing, it is Ray Henning. So looking forward to that next week, we got NASCAR racing and, uh, let's also say hi to the Sam Schmitz producing for Mira Mitch this weekend. And, um, uh, a lot, lots of stuff to talk about in the world of NASCAR. And I, I guess I want to ask you, uh, uh, Sam, were, were you aware that they're actually running four races at Homestead this weekend?
2: Yeah, I had to uh, fill in for Bart, or not Bart, I had to fill in for Ryan Horvath this week, so I had to do a couple updates, and at the time, they announced that they were going to allow fans gradually over this weekend and the next race, so I actually had to like kind of inform myself a little bit for the first time in a while about what was going on in racing.
3: Yeah, this is pretty cool. They got two races today. They got the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series uh, tonight. And then tomorrow they're going to have a doubleheader also with the Xfinity Series leading off for the Cup Series. So four races, and uh, that should be a pretty neat deal at Homestead. Should be pretty pretty warm down there, Jeff. What do you think?
0: Well, you know, it'll be funny if uh, we get any, any uh, kind of damage like we saw what happened with Austin Dillon uh, at Martinsville, where it was the revenge of... Uh, of harley earl and uh you know he uh, ruined a crush panel said the car felt like an oven his crew kept giving him ice packs one he put in between his legs and uh basically it melted the water started boiling and uh he went into great detail but basically he has a blister on his butt right by the tattoo of his daytona 500 trophy So Harley Earl got some revenge on Austin Dillon at Martinsville. (laughs) And uh, I was, uh, you know, obviously happy uh, to see that. That was funny. And, uh, you know, yes, it's going to be another hot one. And, uh, you know, uh, so much of it with no practice and, and no qualifying and all that comes down to the guys in the shop and the crew and they've got to make sure that all their T's are, cro- the I's are dotted, T's are crossed and all that. And, uh, you know, you, you mess up, uh, you know, there were guys that the whole, the cooling hose wasn't working in, uh, in their cars and stuff. It can make for a very, very long day.
3: Yeah, it certainly can. And, uh, you know, that, that, that has happened a lot, uh, in the world of racing over the years, and especially with with the IndyCar guys, uh, you know, early on they've been trying to experiment with uh, drinks, you know, going back to the 60s, experimenting with with, uh, you know, ways to uh, refresh the driver during the race. Let's say, and uh, yeah, a lot of and and that's the real common problem too is you will throw ice water on the guy. Feels good during the pit stop, but <laughs> when you're about on the track and you know i mean inside of the the car is like 140 you know degrees it, it can get a little steamy in there so it, it's good for for a while then after a while it, it gets its uh the water gets the it's uh revenge on the the person that's sitting in it
0: well yeah and with you know all the safety uh, measures that nascar is taking between the safer safer walls hans device all that would uh when are these uh, poor guys going to get cooled
3: seats, Steve? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, and those cool suits, those cool suits too. When they break down, they can also turn into a. Uh, it can get into an, a bad situation with the driver, where you know the coolness you know, is. It's basically what it is. It's it's cool water that's going through the the suit and tubing, and yeah, if that if that breaks down, yeah, you can pretty much turn yourself into a rotisserie chicken.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you sure can. It can make a uh, a long day, like 500 laps at Martinsville seem a lot longer when uh, you've got boiling water going through the cooling suit instead of cold water.
3: Yeah, we're, we're going to be talking about Martinsville uh, l- a little bit later in this hour with Dennis Michelson uh, coming up, but I, I did want to check in with Sam. Uh, he's 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 the the Ute, uh, between the three of us here. And just, just, I kind of like talking with him regarding NASCAR because, you know, Sam, Sam is, 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 is a producer with the, with, uh, what's his name in the station Sports radio, one Oh five, seven FM, the fan. And, uh, I kind of like to get his, what's the perception of NASCAR. So we have all this big deal with, with, with Bubba Wallace, the black lives matter, the conf- confederate flag, the on social media this week NASCAR, big big huge spike Sam, and I'm just wondering uh, amongst friends, uh, people at the station, you know, are, are you hearing more about NASCAR? Is it what what what's the perception you're 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 getting the word on the street as they would say?
2: Well, uh, props to NASCAR for first of all banning the flag that needed to be done a while ago. So good job on them for kind of initiating that. Uh, as far as, like, people my age, not really too much hype necessarily, I guess you could say. But, I mean, I know, I'm know i sure you guys know Bart's been all over NASCAR ever since we've been without sports for a while. So I guess people more so his age group, I, I think, are giving it a shot if they didn't before, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, NASCAR was the lead story on Thursday afternoon's big show, uh, weekdays 2 to 6 here on the fans. And Sparky and Gary, they let off. And yes, it, it took, uh, you know, a segment about banning the Confederate flag for NASCAR to get front page coverage on the big show, but it did. And, uh, you know, there's, with the times that we're in and the political climate and, you know, the unrest and all that kind of stuff, it, um, you know, NASCAR definitely took some big steps. And, uh, you know, like it or not, they uh they definitely increased exposure, that's for sure.
3: Yeah, it certainly has. I mean, and it it's I guess overdue. I, I guess it's a thing. my generation uh, it wasn't growing up and, and going it through school. you know i'm'm I'm, I'm basically the same age as Tim Allen and and, uh, and Bill Michaels. So you know when we were growing up in the, in this going into school in the 70s and early 80s, it was, you know, it, it wasn't really a big thing. It was, on the, it was on the hood of the Dukes of Hazzard's car, but, you know, we, we didn't really think that much of it. It wasn't a controversial. It was a somewhat controversial thing, but it was more, you know, and you, you hear the people say, well, it's, it's more of the southern heritage. And, you know, I, I, I always got a kick out of when I would go down to Indianapolis in the late 80s, early 90s, I'd see all these Confederate flags. I'm like, Indiana, you know, weren't you guys in, <laughs> weren't you guys part of the Union during the Civil War? I mean, I never understood that. I think there's more Confederate flags in Indiana than there is, you know, in 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 some other states. You know, that would be south of the Mason-Dixon line. So, I always kind of scratched my head on that. It wasn't until I really saw.
0: The flag wasn't a big deal for for me either. Growing up, uh, I grew up right outside of Chicago, and so you know, besides the Dukes of Hazzard car, the General Lee, uh, and besides history books, you know, you didn't see it and you didn't think about it. And uh, you know, so does that flag, you know, hold any kind of special meaning one way or another to me? No. But was my family or any of my you know uh, relatives slaves in this country? No. So, you know, it, it it has come to be a symbol of hate, whether that's, you know, right or wrong. And I'm sure there's people down south that, uh, you know, are, are not racist or hateful people that admire that flag or it holds some kind of special uh, thing within them personally or their family. Uh, you know, but like I said, I just I can't relate to that because, you know, being from the north and and all that, it's just, it just it wasn't an issue. Oh, it is interesting. There's a couple. There's
3: a couple of bullet points I, I did want to go across here. Uh, one one thing I thought was interesting, you know, is you know my our family, uh, my great grandmother's uncle was executed as a Union spy by the Confederates during the Civil War. So. My family wow. did do its its part in the Civil War. And and the other thing is, uh, you know, I, I was brought up and taught in school about the state's right, BS. About the reason why we fought the Civil War. Which go on Google, go on there's some really good um there's some by colleges and whatnot and and, and uh educational groups and civil war uh, reparable uh, um, groups out there that talk about how in growing up how the history it went from uh, slavery to a states rights issue which is not true the other thing I want to want to chat about was I remember I, I saw uh, I, I did a uh, I went saw a guy who wrote a book on Lincoln and the and the, the chase of John Wilkes Booth and I thought it was something that was really interesting that he said. He said, "Anything you read on Abraham Lincoln, like before 1960, just just you can have it on your bookshelf, but don't 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 really pay attention to it because most of the information there is wrong." <laughs> you know. So, and it's it's interesting how you know a lot of our history there it was even though the Union won, a lot of the history though. Was written on the side of the South. Now, whether that was because Lincoln and Ulysses Grant wanted to show, wanted to bring, it was more important to bring the the South back into the Union, and we didn't want to, you know, stand up, you know, like taunt them and all that. I understand all that stuff, but it is interesting uh, how the history of it has changed. Sam, uh, what's your what's your uh, take on that?
2: Well, I mean, I. I'm only like 24, so I learned about it in like history class and all that. It holds like no meaning to me. I just am personally glad that they took the necessary step, in my opinion.
3: Well, and and if you have a, a, a if you're if you're thinking about, well, I want to put a Confederate flag on my car. Watch the documentary on Andersonville, which was a Confederate prison camp during the Civil War, and then get back to me. That's all you need. Andersonville was a prison camp for the uh, for the Union soldiers by the Confederacy. So watch that, and then get back to me if you really want to put that Confederate flag on the back of your car or on your T-shirt or whatever. So, all right, yeah, enough with that.
0: There were war crimes committed on both sides. Oh, yeah. So, yes, Andersonville was horrible. There were some Union prison camps that weren't any better. So, you know, but there's no reason to... To, to redo history, I just think that, you know, when there is a a, a portion, a significant portion, you know, of people that um, the flag holds a very hateful image, uh, you know, in their mind every time they see it, you know, I think NASCAR, I think that, you know, they did the right thing. Uh, and, you know, there's people out there that says, well, there's people who are, uh, you know, quote unquote, triggered by the American flag, too. So are we going to ban that? you know uh, to me it's it's you know two separate completely separate things you know the american flag you know is north and south it's not just the north mm-hmm. it's not just the south it's north and south and you know that's the symbol of our country and uh you know there's a uh a big difference between the symbol of our country and the losing side in the civil war so it uh I you know, overall, i I think it's a good thing. I'm not one, and i'm I'm a person who I don't like banning anything. I think you know you should have uh, we should all have the right to uh, to speak our minds with uh, without fear of losing our jobs or you know, saying the wrong thing and and all that. And you had the reaction from that one truck uh, truck guy who said that he's going to sell uh, shut his team down and sell everything at the end of the year. And all that kind of stuff. Um, but obviously the support that uh, that it got not only from Bubba Wallace, but, you know, all the big names in NASCAR, Jimmy Johnson, Ryan Blaney, uh, Joey Logano, he, he kind of tried to do the politician route uh, the first couple days. And, oh, I don't really know. I've got to educate myself more on the subject, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then a day or two later, he completely changed his tune and was in support of the band it's just, you know, it, it, it's a step in the right direction. And, um, and like I said, that's, this is, you know, somebody who I, I don't like banning anything. I think you should have the right to, uh, do what you want, you know, say what you want, think what you want, as long as, you know, you're not hurting somebody. But NASCAR has that right to, on their property, you know, and in their races and stuff, uh, to, to ban it. So I, uh, overall, I, I think it's a good thing.
3: Very good. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk more NASCAR uh, coming up on the show. we got a full show today, in fact. Uh, we'll be talking at the top of the hour. We'll be talking with uh, Steve Wittich from IndyCar Media about the Indy Lights and the road to Indy and the changes there. We'll be talking to Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. We got stuff. We'll be talking about IndyCar at Texas and also from Formula One News and Sports Car News. And then we also have Guy Hobbs will be on the show. We'll talk to him. He's up at the June Sprints uh, earlier today. We'll see what's going on up at Road America with the fans returning to Road America. And also three questions with Larry. So, And then let's not forget, at, uh, in two segments from now, we'll be talking with Dennis Michelson, talking about NASCAR and Martinsville. But we'll be talking more NASCAR news coming up next on the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. <laughs> This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki,
1: Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM,
3: The Fan. Hey, welcome back to the Final Inspection show. Steve Zaki, along with the Polish by bomb, Jeff Arlowski, talking NASCAR. And uh, Jeff, this is, I mean, this is interesting spin here. So, I, uh, there's a tweet from a Michael uh, uh Overnight ratings for last night's NASCAR Cup race from Martinsville on FS1 are up plus 104% over comparable race last season. Well, okay. And then uh and then later it's uh through 11 races, NASCAR Cup overnight ratings are up 1% on Fox FS1. Am I missing That's something that.
0: here? Yeah, that doesn't sound right.
3: Uh, no, it doesn't. No. First of all, not. what's a comparable race from last, last season? Well, I guess it would be a race that was rained out, and then they run it like at noon the following day. So there really isn't a viable, uh, you know, I don't think you should be, it's definitely not an apples-to-apples apples comparison. Now, we, we were saying, you and I were saying, while this while they were ramping up to restart the season, this is going to be a very, very, very important. Uh, when we look back, this is an opportunity NASCAR has. And so far have they dropped the ball on this one?
0: No, I think they've done uh, well with it. I think that, uh, the Wednesday race at Martinsville was the first weeknight race that they've had this season. That wasn't very compelling. And, uh, You know, Martinsville is one of them tracks where either you love it or you hate it. And I definitely tend to slide, you know, even though it's a short track, I definitely slide into the later group with that. But, um, you know, it's not one of my favorite tracks to watch. But uh, it it wasn't a great race where the earlier races that they've had on weeknights have been phenomenal. But there's no way that NASCAR is only up 1% since the return, because every single race the, the numbers have been higher than what they were last year, which is to be expected when you're the only sport in town.
3: I got a kick out of this, uh, this little bit of news here. Tunnel at Homestead-Miami Speedway to be named in honor of Jimmy Johnson. For 25 years, some of the greatest drivers of all disciplines have traveled through the Turn 3 Tunnel on their way into the hallowed grounds of Homestead-Miami Speedway, none greater than Jimmy Johnson, seven-time NASCAR champ champ series. And I'm wondering if if, you know, now, let's let's admit it. If there is one track that has probably next to maybe Daytona where you have so many like VIPs and sponsor guys and corporate people that don't really follow the sport but get their invitation because their company or whatever sponsors a car. How many of those people that go through that tunnel in in the rent in their rented van or whatever as they're going into their first NASCAR team are going to think oh the U Jimmy Johnson
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's a little weird it's a little weird and,
3: you know but what are they going to notice the difference in spelling between Jimmy with a Y and Jimmy with an IE <laughs> <laughs>
0: well you know uh, it is in Florida so uh, probably not that many but uh, you know it. Uh, it's it, it strange, you know. The fact that they had Jimmy Johnson as the Grand Marshal a couple weeks ago uh, was odd as well. So it, uh, you know, obviously seven-time champion, he deserves, you know, tons of credit, uh, the love that that he's getting, but it's just,
3: it's a little bizarre. I, I mean. The guy is the guy is a stand-up, and he takes a lot of abuse. I mean, if there's two guys that I think they're really comparable, it's Jimmy Johnson and Scott Dixon. Scott Dixon, the IndyCar driver, who went at Texas uh, last week, and and you know both guys are their public persona is that they're boring, and but they're not. They're actually kind of. Fun to be around with. I've heard. Now I've I've been I've done some PR stuff with Scott Dixon. He there is another Scott Dixon, and especially if you get him in a bar at a try he does drink adult beverages. So he does. I mean, and his wife is a, is a hoot, and they are actually more fun than kind of that public persona. But they've never been able to, for whatever reason, if that's their choice or whatever, that they've never that pub the 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 public fan race fan has never really seen that and and same thing as jimmy jimmy johnson jimmy johnson is a lot of fun uh uh uh, jim tradeo who i worked with at the milwaukee mile for many years i've known for many years he he loves jimmy johnson and he it's very frustrating for him uh because he he's worked with jimmy johnson with going back to the asa days and and for those who might not know jimmy johnson actually lived in wisconsin for a year and when he drove for Herzog uh, Motorsports out of Sussex, I believe they were located. And, you, you know, it, it, it's, the guy's, uh, you know, he's a lot of fun, but the public just doesn't see that. Is Is it, is it, I mean, you know, he's in his last year. It's not like it matters now, but could we, after he retires, uh, Jeff, could we be seeing the more fun, more relaxed Jimmy Johnson, do you think? Or, or what, what? what's in the future?
0: No, I don't think so. You know, Jimmy Johnson, uh, you know, seems like a nice guy and uh, and all that. You, know, you hear that behind the scenes, like you said, he's a lot of fun. He's funny. Uh, he's down to earth and he's personable. But that's not how he comes off. Jimmy Johnson has a relatability issue with most fans at NASCAR. You look at Jimmy Johnson, you don't think blue collar. Uh, he's into those weird diets and strange exercises uh, and all that kind of stuff to keep his body healthy. And more power to him, but. Uh, at least to, to me and and my people who are my shape and my age, it's, it's not relatable. <laughs> uh, you know, it. Um, you know, he's he's a California kid. He's not he's not quote unquote uh, one of my people. You know, he's not uh, uh, a city boy with uh, with a foul mouth and uh, and, a, and a love of, of NASCAR. You know, he uh, he's got different ways of of going about his thing, and obviously he loves NASCAR as well. So we have that in common, but I think Jimmy Johnson's big problem is just a relatability issue to the common man.
3: Uh, Coming up in a few minutes, uh, we'll be talking with uh, Dennis Michelson, uh, talking about the Martinsville race, but one thing I wanted to chat with you, Jeff, uh, before we take a break here, Um, did you see the irony of the the Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 500 at Martinsville on Sunday, weren't they the company that fired Bubba Wallace a few months before and said, we don't want quitters and, and just pretty aggressively pushed back on Bubba? Was that mentioned at all? Did I hear that at all mentioned during the telecast? I didn't, and
0: uh, yes, that was the company that fired Bubba Wallace for quote-unquote rage quitting during one of the iRacing events, and uh, it was mentioned at the time that, oh, you know, uh, Blue Emu, you know, they they fired Bubba Wallace because of it, and uh, they don't plan on going anywhere because they're the title sponsor of an upcoming race, and uh, it is kind of funny that, um, you know, most of the attention on that race because of the Black Lives Matter car that, that Bubba was driving, the Confederate flag issue, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it seems like uh, anytime there's anything that has to deal with race, that's uh, when Bubba gets plastered all over the TV, being the only black driver in NASCAR. Uh, you know, it's funny that, uh, yeah, they fired him, and he was the biggest story of the night. And, uh, you know, his car ran, uh, you know, t- Close to top ten, I think he finished eleventh uh, but you know he was uh, he was all over the TV so I'm sure uh, the blue Emo people weren't uh, weren't all that thrilled about uh, about that, but uh, that's how it goes
3: yeah interesting point there um let's take a quick break when we come back we're gonna chat with uh actually kind of get into the martinsville race itself with dennis michelson uh, along with uh, jeff rolosky the polish pipe bomb who's joining me looking forward to more nascar chat coming up in the next half hour here on the final inspection show Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure you get out to Great Lakes Dragway this weekend. Lots of fun stuff and great weather, too, so looking forward to that. Joining me once again, it is the Polish Pipe Bomb, Jeff Lasky and joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Dennis Michelson. Welcome to the show, sir. Master
1: Steve and uh, in, in the Polish Pipe Bomb. My goodness, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm among greatness. Among
0: <laughs> it's getting deep
1: already, Steve.
3: You know, a, a buddy of mine just just tweeted, a private message tweeted me, who lives in the Miami area. He says, yeah, it's interesting about banning Confederate flags, but isn't it kind of ironic that uh, we're, 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 we're having a race called the Dixie 400? And if you go to their website, Raised in the South, yeah, I based in Charleston, South Carolina. Dixie yeah. Vodka is an independent American-made craft spirit, it roots in the in the New South. When you drink Dixie Vodka, I think pride, hospitality, and craftsmanship. So,
1: yeah, yeah, it was great, great timing for that. Great timing for NASCAR to have all of their uh, all of their messaging just right, right as usual. You know, it just. Um, This whole thing has really irritated me, not because it banned the Confederate flag, because, you know, many years ago, a bunch of racists uh, hijacked that symbol and nobody bothered to stop them. And so you lost the right to fly the what is not. Here's what gets me about this flag, though, real quick, Uh, not to go into Civil War history. You know, that was never the flag of the Confederacy. That was the battle flag. And the whole concept of that flag was the, 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 like the, the, the character of a rebel, somebody who stood up against great odds. And, but that was hijacked by racists. Mm-hmm. So forget about it. You, you don't deserve your flag. And also, if you look at a lot of the statues in the South, look at the date that those statues were dedicated. And a lot of them were dedicated in the mid-60s. Or even later than that, that isn't about celebrating somebody from the Civil War. That's about telling blacks, you know, get to the back of the bus again. It, it was those are the things that that irritate a lot of folks when it comes to that. And the for NASCAR to have the visual of Dixie Vodka as the very next race after they make a really good move. It just shows the the tone deafness of NASCAR. But again, hey, sponsorship money pays. If they had a, you know, Confederate Flag 500 sponsor that was willing to spend $5 million, uh, they'd they'd probably be able to sponsor the series right now. So um, that's the the messaging is is just kind of off by NASCAR. But that's kind of what we expect from the series in recent years.
0: Yeah, I don't blame NASCAR for that. There's no way they could have looked in their crystal ball and saw the whole George Floyd no, thing and everything that came down. And I, I'm don't sure that the,
1: the, don't take the sponsorship. The word yeah, but word I'm sure Dixie that sponsorship not,
0: was locked in place a, a long a time work. ago. There,
1: there's a lot of communities that have been removing the name Dixie from their streets. This is no nothing new. This is not a new thing. So. You know they wouldn't take the redneck redneck junk as a sponsor because they said that was offensive. Well, Dixie's been offensive to a lot of people for for you know the last ten fifteen years now. It, like I said, look at any a lot of uh, cities down in the south, they removed the name Dixie from their highways and their roads. Not around here, we still have a Dixie Highway in in Illinois. Um, you know, and obviously it's. Not as offensive to people as the Confederate flag is, uh, but still, bad messaging right there. Uh, they they probably should not have allowed that sponsor, um, just like they didn't allow redneck junk back in the day.
3: Hey, question. Uh, of course, we had the Martinsville race on Wednesday, and you know Martinsville is is kind of for if you list all the NASCAR tracks, kind of kind of in the middle. For me, I've, I'm I don't get overly excited for it. I I do like it. I respect the track for its age, its uniqueness, but I've never been a real huge fan of it. Uh, but you know, I, my feeling is if H- anything's better than there, a mile man. and a half, yeah. And, and uh, unfortunately,
1: have you ever been had, Have you ever?
3: Been no, and I know you you've been there and you've done the track dogs and everything and and everything and I you know it it's. It, it, there, there needs to be two Martinsville races. I mean, I just, I mean, per, personally, Jeff and I were, you know, talking. To, well, in the first half hour, we don't hate the track. It's just kind of in the, in the middle. Uh, and like I said, I'd rather have it than a lot of other tracks though, on, on the circuit. And uh, but unfortunately, it just for whatever reason, uh, the Wednesday race. It, it, you know what though? I enjoy it. I enjoy having NASCAR on a, on a Wednesday night. Uh, but it just, it just wasn't, uh, are, are we spoiled maybe, uh, do we, do we think that every Martinsville race has to be a Richard Petty, Bobby Allison battle t- to the finish?
1: No, it, it's all about the rule package there as well. If you look at the cars from just 15 years ago, when they ran the short tracks, they had the wheel wells were different than the mm-hmm. races where they ran on the intermediate tracks. You had big open wheel wells on all these cars and you had reinforcements on the front and back of these cars so they could take a beating. Now these cars are like an eggshell. They're so fragile. If you, if you just even rub against a car, you're going to lose a tire and you're going to go down two laps. And with the, with the fenders all the way down along the tires, just like they are at any racetrack, that's why we've gotten the racing that we've got. We've, we get the racing we deserve based on bad rule packages that NASCAR is giving us. The same thing for the race before at Atlanta. You know, taking power away from these corners has led to some really, really average racing at the intermediate tracks. So what, what did Dan Gurney always tell us? More horsepower and less downforce was mm-hmm. the best racing. NASCAR's gone in the opposite direction. But when it comes to the short tracks, the biggest problem is they don't let these cars touch because the wheel wells are are just not conducive to letting guys touch. And as a result, we don't get the slam-bam, you know, racing that we used to get at Martinsville, and that's a big, big problem. A lot of the problems with NASCAR racing can be traced right back to the roll packages. Uh, they're, they need to improve that if they're going to get back to the racing that really thrills people. This is stock car racing; it's not supposed to be Formula One with fenders.
0: Well, Dennis, here's my question, and the main reason I don't enjoy Martinsville as much as other tracks is every uh, restart and all that. If it's the luck of the draw, and if you're on the outside lane, you're going to go back anywhere between two and fifteen positions every single restart, so it's such a, a look of the draw where you come out of pit road and, and all that kind of stuff where you line up on the restart. Is there anything that they can do, PJ1 or, you know, something, to try to make it where the outside line doesn't get just freight trained constantly um, every single restart to, to make the racing better?
1: Well, they've got a simple rule that they can make that'll make the racing better. Um, as far as all this stuff, I mean, it drives me crazy when I see guys leaving pit lane and trying to slam on the brakes so they won't be the odd number and be on the outside. All I got to do is is make it a challenge to people. Put up a cone, let, it, let them choose the lane. After the leader picks his spot and the other guy is either stuck with wherever he is or whatever, You know, the leader picks his spot. Let the next guys up pick their lane, just like you do at a lot of short tracks. And that way you can go ahead and and get on the outside and take a chance of moving up a bunch. Or you can take the inside line and preserve your position. You know, make this about, uh, you know, decision-making. It is possible to hold your line on the outside at Martinsville for a couple of laps. But again, it's getting back. To this whole situation where you know they put tires on that are so hard they don't get the grip why do they do that because they don't want tires blowing out go to a softer compound at a short track and and yeah tires will wear out guys will have to pit because they'll probably run their stuff off in in 50 or 60 laps while you know more conservative drivers can get a hundred laps out of their tires but if you go to a softer compound, you're going to give guys a little bit more grip on the outside. You're going to give them a chance to race two or three laps on the outside before losing that position. And that's how it used to be at Martinsville. You didn't worry about having these super hard tires like they do now. It's Again, so many of the things, so many of the problems that you see with the racing in some of these tracks is easily fixed. By just not doing what you're doing with the rules, because they have made the racing worse in recent years by trying to make the racing better. Yeah, they, you don't you get a lot of guys finishing on the lead laps with all the restarts and all the, you know, the the stage breaks and whatnot to give guys chance to take the wave around and all these strategy things that, that let the stats look better. But if you look at the competition for the lead and the ability to go up there and take the lead on your own from a guy, I don't care what size of track, NASCAR's passes, green flag passes for the lead have gone down in recent years. That's a sign of trouble when it comes to the rules. That's at any size track, but especially Martinsville, um, Mm -hmm. you know, where it is tough to pass. They can't touch each other. If they could touch each other, you'd see more rooting and gouging for that lead.
0: Dennis, how big of a win was uh, Wednesday night for Martin Truex? He gets his uh, first win with his new crew chief, shows that he can win without Cole Pern uh, sitting atop the box. Obviously, uh, you know, he's a former champion. And now he, uh, we go to uh, Miami, which is one of his uh, his best tracks. So, you know, do you think that uh, this will propel Martin Truex to, uh, you know, possibly go back-to-back uh on uh, the race tomorrow, and uh, and rocket his season forward when he
1: was struggling uh, for for a good portion of the early part of this year. I think the lack of practice and the lack of qualifying has really hurt this team? Not being able to, you know, let the new crew chief get the car dialed in. Maybe they've gone back to some old setups, or maybe it was just short track racing. You know, the setups are are more, they're closer aligned. You know, there's not a lot of crazy setups or big difference in setups uh, between one car and the next like you do at a mile and a half. I mean, I, I think you have more more different things that you can do. Granted, they're a lot more subtle than they used to be 10 years ago, but you still have more uh, changes to the car that you can make at a mile and a half versus a half-mile track. Maybe that was the the biggest difference. Is they came well prepared to race, unlike some of these mile and a half tracks where whatever they they figured out through their simulations did not end up working on race day.
3: I tell you what, Dennis, you've had some good ideas. But that that idea with the uh, with the drivers being able to pick their lanes might be one of the best ones. Because I mean, you could have like the first five guys pick the inside lane, and the guy coming out, uh, you know, six could say. I'll take a chance. I'll go, you know, outside pole. You know, I think that would really make it compelling, especially if they do a BS uh, caution or one of these competition cautions or something. That could. That, I I really like that idea. I, I just think that's a real good, uh, a g- good way of certainly mixing it up because you know you're putting it. You know, it, you're 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 having the crews and the drivers make a decision. Do we want to stay in the inside? Do you want to take a chance? And I think. And anyways you can have uh, have put that into any type of game, race, you name it. I think the fans will love it.
0: Yeah, but you got to put a quick shot clock on it a lot because you do yes. not
3: want more caution flag laps.
0: You don't want to, you know, extend a caution by a lap or two just so these guys can, you know, play games and and bounce between the inside and the outside. There definitely has to be quick decision making. You know, made so it doesn't delay the end of the caution.
3: Yeah, they have to stick their hand out the door. You do it like every short track. You you
1: do it like every short track does. You put a cone right there and you make them make their choice, and you could do it on the back stretch. You could make them make their choice on the back stretch. A lot of short tracks, they make you do that going one to go. And, you know, that's been the case. And if you can do it, for 20 late mile stock cars at a quarter mile track like rockford with no radios uh no two-way radio you can do it at a nascar race with with radios just do it on the back stretch do it on the back stretch before you go green or do it as you come one to go make the guys decide and you you literally you physically put a cone out there make them decide and that's you know, it, it isn't going to change the amount of time. Heck, we, we have seven laps burned right now, at a at a stage change now. A lot mm-hmm. of times, um, so if they if you know their biggest problem is is not you know giving guys a chance to decide whether they're going high or low, um, that's not going to burn any additional laps than they're already burning right now.
3: Dennis, give us a winner tonight or tomorrow for uh, Homestead.
1: I'm taking Harvick. I'm, I'm going with Kevin Harvick and I'm going to stay picking Kevin Harvick until the, the end of time. Um, uh, <laughs> there is no doubt, uh, in our power rankings that we do over at frontstretch.com every, every Wednesday, there's no doubt who the top teams are right now. And you got Harvick, you got Bush as, as the one and the two. And I'll take Harvick until, uh, and until i am proven wrong that he's not going to be the contender because he is a contender at every track, top ten, all but one race this year, um, that's a pretty amazing record so
3: far. Good stuff, Dennis. Certainly appreciate it. And when we return, Jeff and I will have our picks coming up next on the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zocchi,
1: presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove
3: on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Hey, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Steve Zotke along with Polish Pipe on Jeff Orlowski. Jeffrey, we have Homestead this weekend, uh, and then tomorrow we got the Cup Series. Who do you like in the Cup Series race?
0: Well, I'm going to give you two, Steve. I'm going to give you Truex to go back-to-back, back, but keep an eye on Eric Jones. I think he uh, he finally is going to have a uh, put a race together and at least finish in the top five.
3: You know, one of the more consistent teams overall, I'm talking all three uh, teams, that's the, the 2, the 22, and the 12 for Team Penske. Could this be uh, the race they, uh, like, Ryan Blaney breaks out? Because they were really consistent last week in Martinsville. Obviously, Martinsville and Homestead aren't anything like each other. But overall, I think since they've come back, uh, the teams have shown speed at all the tracks they've been at. Could we see a uh, Penske car?
0: Oh, absolutely! And out of those, I think Joey Logano is uh, is one of the favorites. Obviously, he's won there when he won the championship a couple years back. Uh, the, it's funny that of the active champions running in the Cup Series now, the only one who has not won at Homestead is Brad Keselowski, who uh, he was the top finisher of the final uh, the final drivers. At uh, the last race when you know Miami was the last race, but he did not win, but he still won the title.
3: That's good stuff, good stuff. Let's uh, see, I'm gonna go with boy, I don't want to go with chalk. I picked the with Ryan Brian Blaney last two two weeks. So I like Ryan Blaney. Uh, Ryan Blaney is my uh, picking with my my heart pick, but if I gotta pick my, feet. What, yeah, I, I, I like Logano too though. i I'll, I'm gonna go. Uh, Money pick Logano, but I also like uh, Ryan Blaney in this one coming up uh, this weekend at Homestead. Are you excited about the two races uh, tonight?
0: Uh, I'm excited about the truck race, you know, being the Xfinity Series. And, yep. uh, you know, it uh, take it or leave it. I, I think it's great that uh, Xfinity Series is on the network, Fox Network, uh, this afternoon. So, you know, hopefully uh, that'll get some exposure. But is it must-see TV? No. But uh, I already have the truck race set up to record, I'll tell you that.
3: I am impressed, though. You, you you made a call to Fox, and you had them postpone the race till after the final inspection show, though. That's pretty good. It shows the power of the Polish pipe bomb.
0: See, I'm more than just a pretty face, Steve.
3: <laughs> well, thank you. Appreciate it, and i uh, look forward to chatting with you next week. When we come back after the top of the hour, I'll be talking Indy cars with uh, Steve Wooditch of uh, IndyCar Media coming up next on the final inspection show.